1: is hard. You want to talk? I know. That's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this out. What are we doing here? Where are you going? Hey,
0: hey there. Wow. It's not always easy. It's amazing if you think about it. Let's
1: think about it. Strange. I have some thoughts about that. Life is hard. Trauma bonded. So I'm sort of triggered when. When our anonymous storyteller gets told, call me after you wake up. And sorry, I'm not trying to take anything away from (laughs) the very tragic circumstances that follow those text messages, but I also understand what it's like to get them. I felt this part deeply. How narrow. Um, I was just in Arkansas recently, and... I was helping my mom do something with her phone or her technology, right? And I just so happened to see an email that was sent to my aunt from her and it, it's a like sort of a like a line by line recap of me visiting her for the trip, like my initial day, and it starts with Ellie arrived and she immediately took a nap. Oh. And which is true, <laughs> But it's said with zero context where I took a red eye. I barely got any sleep. I traveled for about eight hours. And uh, the things I got from traveling there for Thanksgiving and helping her move was Ellie took a nap when she arrived. And I'm also saying to T, at least your mom can't contact you via text.
0: Well, she just calls me at three in the morning. I'm dying. I'm, I'm dying. She hasn't done that in a while. But it's happened. I know. Several times. Like, can't you just text me to call on you
1: when I wake up? Wow. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg here with Therese Garcia. Hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 302, what if you were forced to find closure on your own? Or, what if no one said it wasn't your fault? When we recorded this, the title wasn't complete yet. Our anonymous storyteller is the youngest of four. All older brothers precede her. They are affluent and fine until a move from Canada to Houston when she's four. It is then her older brothers begin acting out. When she's six, her older brother Greg sexually abuses her and informs both of their lives forever. Greg is in and out of rehab most of his life and finally takes his own life as a young adult. Our storyteller has never been able to arrive at closure with him. Later, her brother Chris also takes his own life. Through EMDR, talk therapy, and art therapy, our storyteller starts to begin to heal and finds her calling in helping others through art therapy and full disclosure i'm the showrunner for this is actually happening and i have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to wit for the final interview and t knows nothing about anything she comes in fresh and this show trauma bonded is for the listeners a space where we can talk about each episode digest it and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity that's trauma bonded T, what stuck out to you as the heart of the story? I was
0: able to think of a single word that I think encompasses her story and and could be the heart. And that word is promise. I love it. Go on. So it can have a lot of meanings. The first, for me, was, you know, she was brought up in a family that's was pretty full of promise, right? Good life, stable, job, you know, all the things. Even, you know, with their baby being three months premature, they both survived, you know, that kind of thing. And there's just a lot of potential there, right? Yeah. Promises, like the promises you keep, right? Promise of Greg trying to get better, you know, stop using, and going to rehab. Of course, there was the promise to, to give her that rock. Then there was kind of that unspoken promise that almost they never, you know, that lack of closure where they yeah. never actually spoke to each other about it. One thing I was thinking about, too, is like the promise you give to your child as a parent and how... We can dig deeper there, but oh, I think that was a bit of a broken promise there. Like an unspoken promise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, as we get to the end of her story, kind of her promise, her potential, right? Now that she's feeling stronger, you know, she's had a lot of, of therapy and just her promise of becoming having more of a normal life maybe or uh, what she says she's living with purpose just there seems to be a brighter future ahead
1: yeah that's good it feels like it's a lot of broken promises a lot of empty promises unfulfilled promises (laughs) it's very sad yeah which leads me to my heart which is these parents fucking suck. Okay, yes. Uh sorry, I I wrote it as God, these parents are infuriating. And I have a, a cataloged all of their failures. Oh fun. We can talk about that. Good. And <clears throat> I don't know, maybe I'm being too harsh or maybe I'm just over it, but I I feel like I'm not I'm not going to hold back and I'm just going to let loose and maybe it's not fair and maybe i should be more measured and and give these parents more grace but the the catalog of their failures is so fucking well documented that i just don't feel like being nice about it let loose thank you i'm with you
0: yeah i'm with you on that
1: am i wrong is
0: this not is at this all film-
1: Does it feel more, like, egregious than other episodes? I mean, there's not a lot of good parents in some of these. Um, Let's talk about one good decision the dad made. Um, Save the wife over the son. And pretty much it went downhill from there. That was interesting.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. So you think that was a good decision?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get political,
0: you say that every single time.
1: <laughs> but sorry, you have a fully formed human person that you know and love and have committed to versus like the promise or the idea of a person that's not even fully Three months. Yeah. alive yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, if so the doctor comes and asks you which one you pick, I think you pick the wife. Yeah. Am I wrong?
0: No, I mean, no, it was just something I would thought about too. I think I would have also done that, but it's one of those times when you're like, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, potential for longer life versus shorter life. I don't know. Yeah. But you go back and forth. I guess. No, I mean, it's something you think about. You would probably sure. out in the situation. No, you just yeah. be like, why for a kid? You're like, why? F-? Just like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe hesitate for a minute and just think about
1: it. Okay. No one's judging you for that. Your face is. <laughs> no, obviously, every decision should be, especially when it comes to life and death, should be mulled over. Yeah. But I think it's pretty obvious who the winner <laughs> should be. Well, in retrospect. Right? I mean assuming you like your wife. Well, assuming
0: you like your wife, but in retrospect, you know, after meeting her in this story. Yeah. Knowing what she's done, like maybe I would change my mind. Wow. (laughs) I mean he ultimately, it feels like throughout their lives chooses her
1: over her over his kids. Is he choosing her or is he choosing What's simple and normal? Because I mean, talk about avoidant people. These people are not willing to act unless it's fucking a fetus is put in their lap. Like they're they're not interested. What? Let, let's go through. Let's catalog the parental fails that happen in this. Okay, let's do it. Household. Let's do it. And we can talk. And and it will be a way to guide us through. The episode. There's points throughout. It's exactly. Um, Okay, first of all, they have no idea that Greg is hooked on drugs. And he has the only way he gets to go to rehab is because he approaches them and forces the issue. She doesn't say exactly when this occurs. I assume it's somewhere in mid-adolescence, 15, 16 years old. Uh Uh-huh. Tea, you don't have kids that are anywhere near adolescence but do you also find that sort of crazy that you wouldn't know if your kid was on drugs or feeling overwhelmed by drugs? I mean, how do you... Yeah. How do you become so removed from the day-to-day dealings of your kid that you wouldn't know if they had a drug problem? And, and that sounds really super judgmental I'm sure that people can explain to me how that happens. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. People could explain it or maybe there's ways that a kid could hide it or something yeah. well. But ultimately, I think there are people that are like that. When I think about my mom, for example, ver- my mom has a mom versus
1: me as a mom.
0: Well, Your mom or- is
1: like, Avoidant, like to a T.
0: Avoidant to a T. It has no idea anything about drugs or anything. So avoidance and ignorance, yeah. Avoidance and ignorance, and with me, it's like I get out. Let's talk about it, and then also, yeah. I could probably tell you what you're on and yeah. how much you took from yeah. how we're interacting. Yeah. And I'm really super aware of, I would assume, I guess it depends like how involved you are on the day-to-day to to see if there's changes in patterns, changes in personality. I guess
1: probably the the most socially uh, different sort of time so far you've had is Arlo starting school. Right. And so I am assuming that you were so super like vigilant and observing if he was acting any different from having to go around, be around other kids and adults and stuff you don't know. Right. You're like paying attention to things that are unsaid, like just his Mm -hmm. mannerisms and behaviors and stuff and seeing if he's being anything different than his normal, happy, jovial kid self.
0: Yeah, well, and people are and kids are complicated. They could be reacting to something that happened last week, yeah, that they may have misinterpreted, or there was somebody being mean to them, and they whatever, and then this week yeah is something you know, and you don't even know. Um, they're not always going to be the same exact personality all the time.
1: I mean, it's really interesting to think like how, you know these. These parents that are super close to their kids and then, like, they feel apart from them in adolescence, they weren't expecting it to happen.
0: I yeah. just can't wait
1: to see what happens to you.
0: No, it's going to be awful.
1: There are kids, though, that, you know, maintain close relationships.
0: Yeah, but I do. Yeah. And I wasn't on drugs or anything, but I was like, I, know. I don't want to talk to you anymore, ever. And we're not even fighting. I just, we're not talking
1: like yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm coming back around so you know the parents her parents are forced to pay attention and good they send greg to rehab and then he's he's back to rehab and he discloses to the therapist and by the way therapist you're also complicit in all this shit
0: i know are you gonna follow up or what
1: yeah it's like are we good now yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Hey, by the way, Greg said some shit. Oh, okay, we'll de- deal with it. Like, what the fuck? So the parents confront her, and and in her recollection, she nods yes. Right, because yeah, you can't really expect her to do much more than that. There's no conversation. There's no comforting. <laughs> there's displayed a feeling of disappointment. Yeah, and. Of shame. And this whole little interlude that she talked about is so infuriating. And there's no consequence. So Greg, the perpetrator, comes back to the house from rehab with seemingly no punishment. And he's now back inside the fucking home. Now we're in danger. Yeah. What message does this send to our storyteller? What you said doesn't matter. If anything, it's an annoyance that we have to take care of and there's no consequence to the perpetrator who is your brother. And the you're is probably your fault. By all demonstration, it feels like that was what she was modeled. This is your fault. Ugh, I mean, this is so heartbreaking. Okay. Mom doesn't want to face it. She's now housing a victim and her victim's perpetrator. Mm -hmm. It made me think of our storyteller from episode 128. Yes. What if your son stabbed your daughter? Right. Where the mother had to hold in her head these two ideas that one, one is the victim and one is the perpetrator. Except with her, the perpetrator was taken away outside of the house. Yep. Whereas in this situation, the perpetrator is left to her to manage. Yeah. For fuck's sake. And she's not identified as a victim. No. So in this household, they don't talk about it. And according to the storyteller, she thinks they don't talk about it because it's assumed that she will forget about it. And it just made me think about how Six is such a tender... My God imprinting age like fuck these people Uh for making her battle this on her own I could seriously like blow up a house this is what she's gonna believe now this informs her whole life yeah and she blames herself because she thinks she traded her innocence for some rocks it is this Metaphor for the trauma, and as a thing that she she gave herself away for, which is so fucking horrible, and it's so sad. It's extra sad because she so wants to be accepted by her older brothers, right? You know, as a six year old, she doesn't know what's going on, you know, but she has an understanding that it's wrong that's uh-huh. because we all have that inside of us we kind of know when when things are not as they should be you're not in an age where you understand but you're aware of like what private parts are let's say yeah oh yeah I mean, we don't know exactly what happened but we're i mean yeah i can guess that you know obviously private parts were a part of it obviously and 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 we don't know you know as a 6 year old you don't know everything but you know re- very quickly in your body know if something is not right or not as it should be
0: but and it's with someone you trust someone you love someone you admire yeah it's so it's so sad how did chris know i know we don't really find that out
1: dude there's so many failures <laughs> i can't even Yeah. So over the speaker slash intercom, she hears Greg attempt suicide. And again, the mom didn't want to acknowledge that it could happen. Oh, get Greg. He's just such a fucking drama queen. And when it actually is confirmed that he actually like made an effort to do it. He's bleeding. Right. He's bleeding now. Now it's real. They take him to the hospital and leave our storyteller alone in the house by herself. Again, we don't know how old she is. I assume it's young. I assume it's under 11. Yep. She's left alone. She's left with her own feelings that she's caused this somehow. Yep. Yep. That she's a part of this, that she's caused this, and that no one is addressing it or acknowledging it. The mom is ignore, 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 and she only acts when she's forced to. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: He could die. And she could blame herself. She does. Later, in Amsterdam, Greg calls and it raises alarm, uh, alarm bells for our storyteller. And she reveals that to her father. And he says, sorry, you had to deal with that. Because he still does not fucking get that your damaged fucking son, who you think is just reaching out constantly for attention, hasn't been healed yet. When's this going to happen? I'm sorry I'm, so, I'm feeling so judgmental about this, but... No, good. It's good. These are seasoned fucking parents at this point. These are kids into their adulthood. And seasoned parents should be able to tell the difference between an attention grab and someone actually reaching out or calling out for help. I don't have kids. I know I say this all the time. But I have had friends that have reached out I've had nieces that have reached out. To me, if anyone reaches out ever, I just treat it as serious. I say, just err on the side of this is fucking serious. Just in case. And I get it. Parents are sometimes overwhelmed and exhausted. And they don't want to be bothered by every little fucking thing. But I say always. All All the kids are older now. They're out of the house. Everyone's out of the house, right? But they're tired. They're tired of, like, dealing with this shit. I get it. Yeah, they've dealt with it the most. But take it serious, because you know what? I'd, r- I'd just rather err on the side of believing people. And I'm not an exhausted parent, so that's probably easy for me to say. But when when you don't err on that side, sometimes you lose your fucking kids. Ten years, though,
0: probably they've been dealing with it. You started the drugs in 12, but if you lose your kid, you never get to see them ever again. Yeah,
1: you you don't get to deal with it anymore. So, bully for you, you're tired of dealing with it? Well, guess what? You lost your kid, you don't get to deal with it anymore. Again, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, and sounds like the fucking worst. He's found in her bed. Yeah. Is this symbolic? Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like parents were avoiding all of this but it sounds like both greg and our storyteller needed to fucking talk about it Uh greg needed to hear that his abuse led him to being an abuser Uh he needed to hear that i don't know if that was ever expressly said to him but he needed to be let off the fucking hook or at least you can't keep it inside some kind of understanding. Especially they're expecting their kids to just live amongst each other like this never happened, right? So if they're expecting that to happen, at least let them have some sort of closure over yeah. th- over this incident that happened years ago.
0: I mean they're yeah, they're hanging out with
1: each other. And it sounds like Greg never got any closure on his own abuse. No. It's so scary. Oh, she says it perfectly herself. This little 10-minute blip in time oh, yeah. completely informed both of their lives forever. It just makes me so mad. And this idea that this rock collection she traded her innocence for, that the way that, that she sort of puts it in these finite terms in a way that she that helps her. They asked me what I wanted when he died. I wanted this rock collection because it symbolized this event that changed both of us irrevocably. And it's not fair, but it's how she holds it in her mind. And then to be uh, 30 years old. And finally, I feel like this is the payoff in the story that we're all wanting. Like she talks to the parents. What did I say whatever, 20 years ago. Yeah. Mom puts her head in the sand again. What are you talking about?
0: Like, this isn't, like, the biggest thing that's ever happened ever in their
1: kid's early life. I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. You ask your kid this question, and I get it. You don't want the answer to be what you fear it will be. But wouldn't you be just like staring at your kid, like looking for even yeah. a little bit, of, like the least little bit of acknowledgement, yeah. like knowing that they might be afraid to let you know what actually happened. You'd be star- like you look for that like little bit of like a nod, like to let them off the hook and immediately like pull them in your arms and let them know that it wasn't their fault and and that they're going to be OK. Like it's just such a big failing on these people's parts for so many years and so many times so many iterations of how this came up in their lives and they just fucking failed every fucking time
0: yeah it's like they could have just been putting dishes away while they ask yeah are you even paying attention right now are you looking at me because she's not hiding it right even a slight nod like and 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 they seem to be
1: like at least close to like a therapized world like if you can't handle it have a professional sitting there with you can you come and be here we're going to talk to my daughter about this terrible awful thing that happened to her can you be here and help like facilitate this so that we don't fuck it up over and over and over again and then No, no not considered okay so how did the brothers know Like, what is the world? What is the circumstance where this gets talked about and she's not in the room? Well, I I also
0: just wanted to go back to that conversation. Yeah. Real quick. Let's say she didn't respond like it was too subtle and she looked scared and maybe confused. Yeah. And you're like, ooh. Yeah.
1: Also counts.
0: Yeah. Or maybe like, ooh, we're putting something in her head. That maybe didn't happen. Maybe. uh Uh But the next thing she says is, the dad says, like, so we didn't explore it any further. It's like, that's the only thing I'd be thinking about forever after that. Just like, are you, are you, look, you can, we can talk about it. You know, there's no judgment here. If something happened, let us know. Okay. Like, just, you know. And like, oh, okay, it didn't happen. Cool. Bye then.
1: Forever. Yeah. yeah. Is this a generational thing? This is something we always talk this we're talking about constantly. Is this a generational thing? This whole idea of like you don't want to bring shame on the family, you wanna sleep it under the rug, you don't want to talk about it. Yeah, maybe they don't understand it it doesn't go away. It just makes things worse. If the parents are still alive, And somehow they listen to this episode. You fucked up. I don't know what else to say. I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but no, over and over and over and over and over and
0: over and over again. So many opportunities, never turned it around. So many over decades. And and for sure she would have. She would have. The storyteller would have been like, "Oh, good. Like finally, they're just they're at they seem interested enough for me to finally share it." Yeah, but they never once turn around to be like, "Wait, wait, this
1: isn't happening huh? mm. And she, by all accounts, it sounds like she's been so graceful and kind to them. Like she doesn't hear hold near the amount of re- resentment that I would. I know it's like this
0: whole it's the whole thing around like this co- these cold parents and like withhold yeah love you just accept them don't seem to care that's just how they are and you're just maybe yearning for their love so you just continue to try take
1: scraps yeah i'd be like peace i'm out but these these are all ideas that exist in a vacuum right like that's how you just you're used to the life that you have you don't know any like you can get out out of it or have some distance from it and look back and go oh wait that was fucked up but that doesn't but because you're so close to it you also have a ton of grace for the people inside of it so it's very i think it's very rare that people actually like say peace out we know this from our own parents you know i peace out all the time but you don't fully. you haven't fully peace you go see your mom every week well, I'm talking about my
0: mom. But she's the biggest. I'll hang out with my mom. She annoys me, but, you know, we have a strained relationship, and I'm nice about it, you know? I'm talking about, like, all the other family. I'm just like, peace.
1: Well, it's easy to get rid of those. But your immediate family
0: is harder to get rid of. We should probably talk about Chris's death.
1: Yeah. That came out of nowhere. There's no way of knowing, right? I mean, he. I think it's one of those situations where it's, like, impossible to figure out. It it does sound like he left a note, right?
0: Yeah, and it said no one could understand how much I suffered or something like that. Yeah. Again, I'm just going to say
1: parents had something to do with it. Yeah, we don't know what was going on in that family. We only know from the storyteller. Right. But I guarantee you that all of their kids were harmed. By their inaction or ignorance, dismissing their
0: emotions, or yeah, or just sweeping shit under the rug, feels like neglect, like emotional neglect. There's something going on when two two kids
1: do that. Two of your kids do that. I know. I mean i i I just hate to be judgy, but I mean when they when push comes to shove, it sounds like they acted. I mean, Greg was in and out of rehab, like it sounded like yeah. most of his life you know they they took conventional means into account when when it was put in their face. Boomers are really good at compartmentalizing. This is what i realized with my mother. They compartmentalize, like, the best of them. Like, one thing has nothing to do with the other, and it usually is all fucking related. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Doesn't take a genius. it's, It's all related.
1: It's all part of it. It does not take a genius, that's for fucking sure. But it does take someone willing to look at the whole The W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. Thank you for the clarification
0: there. Um, Yeah, so that was definitely a shock. I didn't... Terrible shock. And then we kind of talked about all the therapy she's
1: been doing. And I love love a good story where someone is, like, so thankful for their therapist. Mm I love that. Um, Yeah, it sounds like she's done a, a ton of work. I mean, I think that's really hard to be therapized for these things with someone that's so close to you, that's not a stranger, that's like your family, and to arrive at points of healing and to not have that person to help complete the work with. There's no one to confront, there's no one to find closure with, there's no one to find healing from. Like, it really is truly, and even if that person did exist, you still have to do that work on your own. You know, we tend to talk about closure as this thing that we get from someone, but closure is something that we give ourselves. We (laughs) don't have to get it from anyone else. We get it on our own and we give it to ourselves. And you don't have to rely on another party that hurt you or wronged you to give it to you but that being said no one ever told her it wasn't her fault and she will always have this sort of blemish on this relationship with her brother Grey yeah. so awful to have this thing between you that no one wants you to talk about but it's just there no one like no adult in the room is going hey Let's sort this out. It fucking pisses me off so much. Yeah. Can you imagine having two kids in your house, T? One is wrong the other, and it's an, and you're not talking about it. It's not being addressed, and you would just expect them to exist with each other and have, like, a close, like, sibling bond? It's only if you believe that if you ignore it, I'll go away. oh,
0: they're young. They're not going to remember any of this. But six is the thing where you remember everything. That's when it begins. When something like that happens, that's what you remember.
1: Yeah. Of the whole year. And to be a parent and, like, just as much as I'm giving them shit for, like, their inaction, like, I'm feeling bad for thinking about how they have to live with that, too. Like, they're living in and amongst that too how do you live with that how do you how do you exist in a room with these two kids that you know exactly what's going on between them and you're not saying anything about it and you're loving them equally how do you deal with that and then how are they dealing now yeah
0: i mean they're not one-dimensional hopefully all right do you have anything else I just think those last couple of minutes of her story, right, about trying to make sense of it, but it's actually better not to, like, to accept it. And then thinking about holding those kind of two parts of, like, loving them, you know, caring for them, but then also the anger with it and being able to have those coexist. I thought that was really intelligent.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure hard to do. Yeah. I mean, she she wants for things that can never happen. So so what do you do with that? You have to put it somewhere. And it it does feel like she's found a way through with art therapy. And to be able to give that to other people, I think it's going to just continue to aid in her healing. Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places or reach out on Instagram. Thanks to Anonymous for sharing their story. And for giving us the opportunity to talk about it and thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team including Whit Dine and Andrew Waits and the maker of our music and website Nathaniel Trimboli and thank you to Kathy Seitz for editing this episode and to Katie Cable for building those Blasted Instagram posts you can contact us at traumabonipod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at bonapod official or visit our website at traumabonipod.com. Again, y'all, Storyteller Update, a comment episode dropping in the next couple of weeks. Stay vigilant for that. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you, T. Love you, Ellie.